With all the question marks that came with an offseason of upheaval on the offensive side of the ball, losing Devontae Adams, with the questions about when Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari would return, and with an offensive performance in week one that certainly had its fits and starts. The Packers offensively through two weeks, it has been much the same. The outcomes have been much the same that we have come to expect from the Green Bay Packers. Plus, our friend Lily Zhao, a victory Wednesday, the first of the season with Lily Zhao for another edition of Zhao You Doing. That's coming up. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Every day. Touchdown. We are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Lily Zhao is here with us today for Zhao You Doing. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers your first listen every day. In today's episode, brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers hit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. All right. As I said, we're going to talk to Lily Zhao here in a second. We have some news quickly. Akeem Hicks is going to be out at least a month. That's a massive blow for the Buccaneers defense. We're going to do a crossover tomorrow where we're going to dig into all this stuff. Um, but that's a big blow for a run defense that the last time the Packers played the Buccaneers was just an absolute brick wall with steel beams behind it covered in uh, uh, adamantium. I don't know. It was impossible to run against them. That might not be the case this time around, although Vita Vea still exists, Levante David still exists, Devin White still exists. Also, Mike Evans had his suspension heard yesterday, his appeal heard, and we'll find out you know, today, tomorrow, the next day, if he can actually go. I'd be pretty surprised at this point if he is not, in fact, suspended, considering this is a repeat offense. And obviously, the league felt like Lattimore was not the aggressor in this situation. And Mike Evans did what in the NBA they would basically call leaving the sidelines. He was all the way to the sideline, hadn't left the field, but was all the way to the sideline, came all the way back across and did the same act that he got suspended for in 2017. So I expect that to happen, but we will we will get through all of that tomorrow in our crossover edition, talking about how this impacts what's going on with this matchup. And I, I, it's it's making all of this much more interesting, to be sure. And I think it, in a way, it puts more pressure on the Packers. That's something we're going to talk about tomorrow. And then more on the live show. We have a live show coming up on Friday. Different timing, though, on that live show. We are going to go 4.30 Central, 5.30 East on Friday just because of, of my schedule. That has to be the time for us to make that work. Before we get to Lily, offensively, you look at week one and you say, mistakes, turnovers, Aaron Rodgers had two, lost a fumble, didn't lose one all last year. Interception on a play that was totally on Rodgers-like. 
you drop a touchdown, you turn the ball over on fourth and one at the goal line, you turn the ball over in the red zone on fourth and one. The game could have been a lot different. I think we remember the offense as different than it was in the moment. Part of that is because they got pretty unlucky with pressure. There's some of that in the Bears game too. After going back and rewatching the All-22, Romeo Dobbs, man, he had a couple chances to make big plays. Packers couldn't get him the ball. Christian Watson, just every time he goes deep, seems like he's able to create separation. They weren't able to get um, those big plays to him in this game. The offense is fine. And not just fine without Devontae Adams, without David Bakhtiari, and with one game of Ellen Jenkins, with one game of Al Nazard on a gimpy wheel, with Robert Tunyon working his way back, with two rookies trying to find their way in the world. It's not just been fine. If you look at by DVOA, they are sixth in DVOA. Sixth. They are ahead of the Buffalo Bills in offensive DVOA, in part because they're a much more balanced team by DVOA. In fact, there are only three teams in the league who are top 10 in passing and rushing offensively. The Browns, crazily enough, but they played the Panthers and the Jets. The Eagles and the Packers. Packers are 10th in passing DVOA, 4th in DVOA. For the uninitiated on DVOA, some of you might be new here, defense adjusted value over average. So it is, how did you perform efficiency-wise relative to your schedule, relative to your opponent? But even if you don't adjust for schedule, essentially nothing changes. The Packers are 11th in unadjusted passing value over average and 4th in rushing value over average. They are one of just five teams in the league that generates positive value in the run game and has a successful run over 50% of the time. Most teams in the league, when they run, it is a negative play. And I don't mean that like it's a, it's a loss of yardage. I mean, from a value standpoint, you are actually hurting your team by running. And in a lot of cases, it's because you can't stay on track. You have too many negative runs, too many one-yard gains, two-yard gains, no-yard gains, three-yard gains. Those are not positive plays. They are not helping you stay in front of the sticks. And maybe it also means that you can't score when you're getting close. Blue, ch- no, no, no. Um, and the success rate piece means that they are, when they run, over half of their runs are successful, which means they're, get, they're getting you you know, halfway to your, your down and distance yard. You have a five-yard run that's a successful run on first and 10. They are overall success rate, the number two team in the league offensively. Only the Kansas City Chiefs produce successful plays at a higher rate than the Green Bay Packers. Better than Baltimore, better than Buffalo, better than the Buccaneers, better than Miami with Tua and Tyreek and and Jalen Waddell playing so well, better than the Eagles, better than the Vikings, the Lions, all of a sudden this explosive offense, Lions, more consistent play to play. That's with a game of Alan Lazard. That's with no David Bakhtiari. That's with a game of a pretty rusty Elton Jenkins. That's with Josh Myers working back from a major injury. 
It's with reshuffling and and uh, continuity issues on the offensive line. It's Big Bob Tunyon after not playing for the last nine months. It's multiple rookies trying to integrate into this offense. It's a free agent receiver who is going to be a big part of this offense. There's a lot of moving pieces, and yet it's about the same. I, I tweeted this out. It's it's actually kind of funny. When you look at the Packers by DVOA in 2021, the Packers were second in offense and 22nd in defense. So far this season, the Packers are sixth in offense, 23rd in defense. Defense is basically the same, which I think you can make the case is a bad thing for this team, given the, the way that... Um, Last year to this year, we thought there would be improvements there, and I think there will continue to be improvements. I think the team that we saw outside of those coverage busts is more the team that that we're going to see. And by the way, the success rate, which I think is a crucial stat, bears that out. Top five in success rate on defense. When they're not giving up the chunk plays because of coverage busts, they're playing really good down-to-down defense. That's really good. But the offense, I think, is where a lot of people had more of those questions. And I understand having those questions. I really do. But if this is where this offense is now, think about where it can get to. Think about where it can get to. When you get Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs up to speed. When you get David Bakhtiari back, when Elton Jenkins starts playing a little bit better because he's healthy and he's fully, he's shaken off the rust. When Aaron Rodgers gets more comfortable with these rookies. When teams start to see, oh my God, this Packers run game is incredible. And and then you start to scout tendencies and we know how good Matt LaFleur is getting off those tendencies. Not just getting off of them, but saying, okay, we know you think this is going to happen. Here's this thing that's going to totally screw that up. Oh, all these RPO screenplays. All right, here's one where it's going to look like the RPO screen. Now you pump it and you go up the field. That's how they hit Romeo Dobbs on a big play last week. This offense is going to get better. And and the defense, again, I, I don't think people are that worried about the defense given the talent on this team. Coming in, we knew the talent it's going to take a little bit of time. You get Jerry Alexander back in there. What is this? You know, Russell Douglas playing a new position. What does that look like? They're going to play a ton of nickel. What does that look like? They're going to play a ton of penny. What does that look like? like they're, they're making changes to this defense, to the structure of this defense. It's going to take them some time, and you need that communication. Through two games, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary are the most disruptive edge group in the league. Kenny Clark is the, the most disruptive interior pass rusher in football in a world in which Aaron Donald also exists. They have the same number of pressures and and Kenny Clark has like half the pass rush reps. It's incredible what he's doing as a pass rusher right now. And by the way, I I mentioned um, the, the success rate. The Packers are also third in the league on a three and out forcing per drive basis. So only the Eagles and the Colts have forced three and outs at a higher rate than the Packers and the Colts played the Texans, and the Jaguars. The offense, the offense is going to be fine. And it's going to be more than fine. This offense is going to be really good because it even even on Sunday when you score 27 points, 
there were more points on the field to be had. You still had the sloppy snap. Josh Myers snaps it at Christian Watson's feet. You still have Aaron Rodgers a little jumpy in the pocket early, missing some throws, missing some plays. You still have the fumble. So that kind of stuff, if you can clean that stuff up all of a sudden, you've got an offense that can be as explosive as any offense in the league and I think, frankly, the number one reason, Aaron Rodgers, number two reason, Matt LaFleur, number three reason this offensive line is good. All right, we're going to get to Lily in just a second. Before we do, let's talk about LinkedIn jobs. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small businesses fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over eight. 100 million people then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring on your network so they can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post for free terms and conditions, of course, do apply. Joining me now for the first time this season, following a win, our favorite Lily Zhao here to answer the age old question. Zhao, you doing? Peter, it is great. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the week, it just smells better. Everything's just brighter after a victory. So uh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, is that how you doing? I'm good. The sky's bluer. The leaves <laughs> are the, the ones that are still green are a little greener, right? You, it, it does fall smells a certain type of way. And I love it. Fall mornings and fall evenings are just the best. Yes. Um, so I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. We just talk about a win this week. Packers took care of the bears and we'll do some bears. We'll do some Buccaneers. Uh, on this one today, I, there was this, I, I think, sigh of relief after what happened. That was sort of how I describe it. It's just like, okay, I don't know exactly what to think. And then they come in and they do what they do against the Bears. And you sort of, okay, exhale. The sky is not falling, but they're not ready yet. So did you have a similar experience or what was your reaction to what we saw on Sunday night? I yeah, especially with with how they played in the first half, I thought, okay, this is going to be they're going to continue to put some points on the board. It's going to be kind of not manageable for the Bears by the fourth quarter. And then the the Packers offense got in their own way, fumbled. There's that Aaron snap. So it's you know there were big signs of improvement, but then you know this is still a game where they could have been better. And these guys acknowledge it. They said you know we didn't play our best game, but we still won. I think they, you know, they're getting there to playing a clean game. Um, you know, fortunately, their defense got their first takeaway of the season, and that was great to see as well. I just think they're getting there. They haven't played that complete game yet. Granted, it's only going to be week three. But I, I did feel the same way. The sky's not falling. This is still a good football team. They just got in their own way. Once they clean those things up and, and take care of the football, I mean, the sky's the limit, I think. Yeah, and, and you look at the the drive chart for them, it's kind of weird because they only punted twice, but they they turned it over 
twice or they had two, two of the fumbles. They had the fumble that ends in a turnover. And then they had the fumble that didn't end in the turnover. And so it's just sort of like some of this is, it's just weirdness. Like you're going to iron some of this stuff out. Josh Myers snapping it on one instead of two, because Christian Watson is running the jet motion. Like that stuff is going to get ironed out defensively. It's like good news, bad news, right? The good news is the coverage is a lot better than it was in week one. The bad news is the run defense is still kind of not great. So as we come out of this, which which one of those takeaways was more apparent to you in the game? We can talk about which one might be more important moving forward. I think seeing the secondary tighten up is, is something that I, you know, we, we expected to see. We talked about this DB room being one of the best in the NFL, and they talked about it all offseason. And I think we saw that on, on Sunday night. Um, you know, granted, it's, you know, Bears don't have a Justin Jefferson type of receiver. However, they were able to keep those guys in check. And I think when you mention the run defense, that's going to be something we're going to have to talk about because they're going to be facing a really good runner on Sunday in uh, Leonard Fournette. So I think they have to really shore that thing up. But I, I do think how they played in the secondary was super encouraging. And then, again, Jair gets his first pick of the year, first for that DB room. Excited to see what those guys get him because he said it's supposed to be something expensive so uh i i think uh secondary playing well was a good sign but the run defense not so much yeah I, this offense has turned it over three times in the first two games and like that is just not going to be something that i think we see over the course of the season even without Devontae adams aaron Rodgers losing a fumble in week one and it's just like it, it, the interception was a boneheaded mistake that we don't see aaron Rodgers make that stuff is going to work itself out i i am um, a little more concerned about their ability to shore up that run defense uh, a, a little bit. I want to talk to you about Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary because they were awesome in this game. I think this is the best we've ever seen Preston Smith play. Like if I had told you midway through 2020 that Preston Smith was going to be, you know, like a, a borderline all pro in, in 2022 to start the season, what would your reaction have been? I, I don't think I would like what other team is he playing on? <laughs> um, I, I just think of that, you know, that year where he didn't perform his best and he even talked about it. I, I do think that this resurgence of Preston Smith, I mean, he earned his contract last year, comes back, there's high expectations and he's coming out of the gate flying. I mean, this is really what you wanted to see from a guy who said he wants to be in Green Bay. They extended him. They want him in town and he's really paying dividends for this defense. I mean, there were a couple of plays where I'm like, where did he come from? Like he just kind of came flying in the backfield. And, and that's exactly what you want to see from a guy like him. But I think he certainly exceeded expectations. I think for him, it's, it's more of, I knew I could do this. I just had to really show it on the field. So uh, I, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you had told me maybe a couple of years ago, this, that this could potentially be where he was with the Packers. I, look, it's, it's awesome to see. And they have been, uh, the most disruptive edge duo in the league through two weeks. Um, they're they're still playing too many snaps. They don't have any depth behind them. And I think that's something that they're going to have to worry about. But uh, right now they're playing awesome ball. All right, Lily, time for a vibes check. In Green Bay, this is the home opener. The crowd's going nuts. What What is the reaction in the building after a win like this? Is it like, hey, yeah, we're back? Or is it just like, this is what we expected. Let's go to work. Like, give me... Give me the vibe of the team after this win. Great question. I, I think it's more of the latter. I think, again, this is a team that has their sights set on the Super Bowl. So I don't think it's going to be, oh, you know, not saying, you know, the Bears aren't a very, very good opponent for them. And it's a division rival. NFL's blah, blah, blah. You can say that. It's not a very, very good opponent for them. But 
division rival. Yeah, I, I just don't think that, hey, winning in week two at home in their home opener is going to be the, oh my gosh, it's the biggest thing ever. I, I think this is what they expected. They expected to turn things around and they got it done. And again, I, I think if this had been more of a blowout victory, there might have been more of like, a, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. But I think it was more of, we got the job done. We got the win. We got back on the right track. We performed a lot better than we did in week one. But again, there's still so many more games left to be played. We won't really hang our hat on this being the best thing that's happened to us so far this season. But the guys, of course, are amped up. That's for sure. Which is good. You have to be able to enjoy it. It's a long season. This is such a physically and mentally taxing thing on them. You have to be able to enjoy the victories, right? Uh, isn't isn't this also exactly how Matt LaFleur wants to win? I mean, this has been sort of their MO for three years. It's, yeah, they win, but they didn't play their best. And it's things for Matt LaFleur to, to spend the week correcting and Joe Barry and, and Adam Stenovich. Like, this is sort of a coach's dream to beat up a team when you don't play your best because you feel like, okay, if they play their best game, they can still be really good. Yeah. And, and it's certainly, you know, you can, you can have the MO of let's be like a, the Buffalo Bills, right? We come out of the gate swinging in week one. We look phenomenal. They look phenomenal week two. And then there's another approach to it. Like you mentioned with the Packers, it's like, you're, you know, you're slowly starting out the season. You have young faces on the team. You want to get everybody involved and it's, there's going to be some growing pains. And again, they had that big time week one, they improved week two, but it wasn't a perfect game. I think with Matt LaFleur, you're, you're, it's steadily getting better every single week. And then hopefully when they actually hit that high, whenever that is, that's when everything just really starts to click on all, on all facets. But Again, I think when you're not playing 100% your best and you can still win, and they should have won, I think, by you know at least 20 points. But I think when you're winning by that big of a margin and not playing your best game, I think that says a lot about this team and, and the potential they could have if they do play a complete game. What is the? I'm trying to think. What is the closest they've played to a complete game in the Matt LaFleur era? I'm trying to think of a game where I came out of it going, okay, yes, this is sort of peak this version of this team. I don't know that we, we, I don't know. We've seen it. I don't think we, I think, you know, 2020 when there was putting points left and right on the board, that was a fun season, but yeah, I, I can't really think of, of one where it was just yes. like both sides kicking ass and taking names, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause you know, they, they didn't really have any sort of big blowouts. You know, there wasn't any sort of like 45 to three victory that they're, just kind of dominating in all three phases. And I think the three phases was the big thing because it was always just one unit was kind of lacking behind and that was special teams last year. Um, I don't know, just maybe, maybe some game in 2020 potentially. Cause you know, 2021, I think we were talking about, Oh, they're good, but they just can't blow these teams out or. Okay. I have the answer. And it's, uh, it's a pretty good answer. Actually. It's that it's that Titans game in, in 2020. Uh, when yes. they won 40 to 14 and everyone was convinced that that run defense was going to get trucked by Derrick Henry. And they, not only did they shut Derrick Henry down, I think Darnell Savage had two interceptions. They put up 40 points that that's gotta be it. And if it's not that one, it's probably that 49ers Thursday night game. They win 34 to 17. That game was never really close. And everyone was scared. Oh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't matter who's on the field. They're going to scheme something up because he's the boogeyman. And he didn't, but yeah, I mean, think about that. They won 13 games last year and didn't play what we would call a complete game. Really, and, right, and they and sadly they couldn't do that in the NFC title either, um, or not yeah. the NFC. You know what I mean? So it felt like the NFC title game, but yeah, uh, but, yeah. Well, I, I will say though, I, I I did ask AJ Dillon. I, I said, "What game has really stuck out to you in your career?" And he mentioned the Titans game. So, well, he was that was his. I think he had a hundred yards in that game. I mean, that was yeah, that was, was one a- of those kinds of games. I think last year you could point to the Rams game. 
they played they played pretty well on both sides of the ball, but they still they busted two coverages in that game to give up touchdowns. They let the, the Rams sort of sneak kind of back into it late, even though that was never really a close game in the second half. That's probably the other. If I'm going to give two answers, that's probably the other answer. But yeah, it's one of those things. They they seem to find a way every week. But when we think about the best versions of these Packers teams, like you remember the 2014 team, they went through a month stretch where they just looked unbeatable. And I don't think you can point to a stretch where they look unbeatable in any of these games. And I want to ask you about this because they play a, a banged up Bucks team this week. I think this is sort of just from a reputational standpoint, a must win of like, if Mike Evans isn't going to play and Chris Godwin, even if he plays is going to be 75% and Julio Jones is, is a game time decision every week now. And the offensive line is banged up. Like this is, this is a game where you need to go out and show it. Do you think there is the capability of this team? We watched the bills go off on Monday night. Like, does do the Packers have it in them to win those sorts of games? I think we'll find one answer to that or some answer to that on Sunday. Do you think it's in there? It has to be. I, I do feel though, like, you know, outside of the playoffs <laughs> in the regular season, when you're talking about these marquee matchups, the Packers have shown up. I, I just think yeah. that they they played some really, really good football when they're playing those teams where it's, you know, Tom Brady you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think they have shown Overall, up. Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Show yeah. up for these big games. And, and, you know, when, you know, they were playing the chiefs, you know, that was kind of a game where like they got to win and they did. Um, I, I think they show up, but I, I think what's going to be important was, you knew in week one, you have Justin Jefferson, you have Dalvin cook, stop those guys. You have a good chance of winning, right? They did not stop Justin Jefferson. If, you know, Mike Evans, his appeal is, is, you know, he doesn't get the appeal. He's out fine. Chris Godwin, if he plays, like you mentioned, won't be 100%. Stop him. Stop Leonard Fournette. You have those guys that you have to contain on the offense or on the defensive side of the ball. And if they can do that and get to Brady, that's a recipe for success. But it's more of can they actually do that? Because, again, it's it's Tom Brady always just seems to find a way to win, whether it's with his defense or not. So I think they have it in them. I, I think this can be a very uh, big statement that they make. And people are going to say, if Mike Evans isn't in there, oh, you know, Packers are, you know, they should have won, blah, blah, blah. But again, you can only play who's on the field. And uh, I think they show up on Sunday. Well, they should win. I mean, that's what I'm, that's my point is I think they should win. If, if these guys, if like, if this offense looks the way that it's looked at the Bucks offense, I know they've played two pretty good defenses, but they just have looked kind of bad. And, and in ways that like, I know that the aesthetics of the Packers offense have not been what we're used to. They're top 10 in DVOA. They're two in success rate. Um, they're top half in, in EPA per dropback. Like all the underlying numbers say that this offense is fine, like just fine. And all the underlying numbers for the bucks say this offense is bad. Like it's, it's really a weird thing to be going into a game against Tom Brady and going, if we can just get to 20 points, I think, you know, that that's enough. But again, the defense has to step up here too. The, I said this earlier in the week, and I'm interested in your your take on this theory. I said, okay, I came out of that game going, this is the most identity I can remember a Packers team having, where it is run the ball, it is make a couple of plays on offense, it's rush the passer with four, and it's play coverage in the back end, and and it's not just Aaron and Devonte go make magic where it's going to be a little different every week, but you just know they're going to figure like, we know exactly what the blueprint is. We know exactly what the identity is in a way that I, I don't think we have in a while. 
Yeah, and, and that's going to have to be the way it goes, especially with these rookie receivers, right? When you have A.J. Dillon, we have Aaron Jones, and they're able to move the offense. That gives those younger guys just, again, more time to develop. And, you know, Aaron Jones even saying he needed that month when he first started to really kind of get the speed of the game down and just kind of get his bearings before he could really make an impact with this team. So I, I think having those tailbacks really just be the, the, the guys that run – uh, the offense and get this thing going is going to be really crucial. I, I think having an identi- identity is very important because from week one, it was just super disjointed and we weren't really sure what we were seeing. It was kind of like, let's throw this against the wall, see if it works. Oh, it didn't. Oh, no. I think week two, they established that identity and that's going to be what they're going to be using moving forward. But on the same token, it's if that is their identity and teams know, okay, we just have to stop Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, easier said than done. How do they get around that? And that's when they have to get those other guys really developed. Well, it's going to be a fun week. Um, Aaron Rodgers does not play well in Tampa. I kind of don't buy that as a thing. It's just coincidence. They've had some really good defenses. And then that one year um, back in 2009 was just bizarre. I I think it's still the the worst game I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play in terms of throwing to the wrong team and just looking out of sorts. So uh, hopefully that is not what we're talking about in a week's time, Lily. Until then, we will talk to you later. Thanks, Peter. All right. Thanks to Lily for joining us. Always amazing to talk to her. She is the best. Today's episode brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Week two didn't go quite as well for me as week one. Not as well as I would have liked. I tried to get a little too cute. I have to be honest. Tried to get into some of these like win by between one and six when I didn't love the line. And I need to just, I need to stick with the classics, I think, on some of these. Bet Online is your source for all of your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. They've got MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. The NBA is around the corner here. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I don't know why I'm doing this voice. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow, crossover Thursday, and then our live show on, on uh, Friday. Remember, uh, 5.30 uh, Eastern time, 4.30 Central time on Friday for our live stream, just because my schedule forces that to be so. I understand that that probably means fewer people will uh, be able to tune in. Um, I'm hoping in a work from home paradigm that, that you know, so I can still get some of you to come hang out and have happy hour with me. So um, hopefully we can do that. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>